The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello and welcome to Grace in Focus. So glad that you have joined us today as we begin a short series about the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Ken Yates has recently written a short commentary on this book, and today he and Bob Wilkin will take a look at the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, which has been one of the most important passages to Jews and to Christians alike for many centuries. They'll be exploring some of God's general conditions for blessings and curses of individuals, and I think you might find it interesting. Our website is faithalone.org, and I hope you'll go there to find articles and resources that can help you in your free grace journey. Now, here's today's discussion. Welcome to Grace in Focus. Ken, I thought it might be good if we had a little series. You have written a commentary on Deuteronomy, right? Yes. For those who don't know, GES is writing an um, Old Testament commentary, exactly like our New Testament commentary over all the books. And I was assigned the book of Deuteronomy. So we just thought maybe we could talk about certain of the passages and how they might apply to us today as believers in the church. Yeah. So we're going to pick out a few of the passages in Deuteronomy to talk about. And by the way, I, I'm i working on a commentary on Genesis. I've made it. I'm not doing as well as you've done, but I have done 22 chapters. And also I've started a commentary on Leviticus and I've completed three chapters. So we're making progress and appreciate y'all praying for us because this is an important project and it's a difficult project. On the one hand, it seems easy because we're only doing 800 words per chapter. So that's like two pages per chapter. But on the other hand, it's very hard to condense Genesis 1 or 2 or 3 or Genesis 15 down to 800 words. You know, it's still a lot of writing. When you end up and you're doing a book like Genesis, it's 50 chapters. Well, you know, what is that, 40,000 words? So you've got a lot of words that you're ending up writing. And we're not quoting other people. So it's our own research and our own writing. So here we're going to do Deuteronomy 6. And what verses are we going to do today? Well, we're just going to look at, it's a real famous passage, the Shema. We're just going to look at verses 4 through 9. That means, hear, O Israel. Here is Shema or Shema. Okay, let me read. I'll start in verse 3. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus, of course, quoted this when he was asked what the greatest commandments are. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. 
And by the way, Jewish people today do some of these things literally. Yes, the phylacteries, right? Yeah. And yes, and, and the Pharisees were famous for this as well. The, the Orthodox would wear literally a little box like in their forehead, right? right. Like a little headband with, with the scriptures in there. Right. So they took this verse 9 very literally. Right. As we're working on this Old Testament commentary, not just... You know, not only we're we trying to explain what's going on, but also how it applies. And Bob made a couple comments there, how it applies in the New Testament. In this book, Deuteronomy, you have the new generation of Jews who are going into the promised land. And by the, the way, Deuteronomy basically means something like second law. The second law, right. The generation that came out of Egypt, the adults, uh, rebelled against God at Kadesh Barnea. They died in the wilderness, and now this is the young folks, uh, under 20, along with Joshua and Caleb, who are going to go into the land, and God is renewing the covenant with them, giving them the second law. Now, they're not actually all under 20, but these were the people who were under 20 at Kadesh Barnea. So the oldest people there, other than Joshua and Caleb, would have been 19 years old, so now they'd be 59. Exactly. Then they go all the way down, including babies. But the oldest there would be 59, except for Joshua and Caleb, who were 80, I guess. Right, and so what you have here is you have got God reminding them, through Moses, of what he has done. He has chosen them as a nation, and in the covenant that he makes with them, they can either be blessed or they could be cursed. And probably the most important thing to understand is that this has nothing to do with eternal salvation, obeying the law, loving the Lord. If they will do the things that he has commanded them as they go into the promised land, God is going to bless them. Mm -hmm. And you can see some of these blessings that are mentioned here in verse 2, for example, that your days may be prolonged. So they would live long in the land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, a symbol of abundance, a blessing that they would be able to receive these blessings if they will obey the Lord. And that's a New Testament principle. That's not just for Israel. Exactly. If believers obey the Lord, then believers will be blessed. Exactly. And uh, those blessings could be intimacy with the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit, and obviously rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. Right. And so all of these things are going on. Right. And prolonged life, because you get this mentioned in Ephesians 6. It says, honor your father and mother, verse 2, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And see, the word translated land in Deuteronomy 6 can also be translated in the Greek Old Testament. It can also be translated as earth. Earth. And so Paul is understanding that the promise made to Israel to live long in the land, if they are faithful, then they will have long lives in the land, not just individuals, but the people itself. Of course, they end up getting exiled because they don't obey. Well, here he sees that as having application to church age children. Obviously, in the New Testament, we're not guaranteed if we're faithful followers of the Lord that we're going to lived to be an old age, for example, Stephen. Okay, just one example. Would you say this is a general principle? Yeah, I would call it a proverbial truth. Right. And the same thing was true in the Old Testament. Right. If I mean, there were faithful Jews who died young in war or in other things, and that didn't mean that somehow they were unfaithful. In fact, I still remember 
a message that Zane Hodges gave at Victor Street Bible Chapel, and he was talking about Jeroboam's son. Remember, Jeroboam was the king of the Northern Empire, and his son became very ill, and he sent his wife to the prophet to find out if his son was going to survive. And I believe his son was 14 or something like that. And the prophet told the wife that, look, when you get back, he's going to die. Sure enough, he got back and the son died. And the northern kingdom lamented the son for a month. And they had a beautiful funeral for him. And and he was buried and everything else. But then very shortly after that, Jeroboam was wiped out and, you know, his family was wiped out and there were no funerals and there was no mourning. And Zane said, you know, this was a mercy that God took this boy before the judgment that was going to fall and that that in itself was a mercy. Well, I don't know if that boy, that 14 year old was faithful or unfaithful, but he didn't die because he was unfaithful. He evidently died because God wanted to spare him what was coming for Jeroboam and the other people in his family. And for people who study the Old Testament in general, like this promise, could we say that even though an individual may not have lived long, the nation would have? If the nation would have been faithful to the Lord, they would have remained in the land. Well, that is, I believe, the main focus of this promise is corporate. Right. But— Proverbially speaking, you do see this in Proverbs. Yes. That righteousness is the way of life and wickedness is the way of death. Right. And it doesn't mean that every wicked person died before age 70, and it doesn't mean every righteous person lived to age 70. But it means, proverbially speaking, that is true. And what we see in the in the Old Testament, for example, like I mentioned, I'm doing Jeremiah— When you get to Jeremiah, you're seeing that the people did not obey, and so the nation was removed from the land. The nation was. Right, and when you read Daniel, you're seeing the fact that you've got this Babylonian captivity for 70 years, and Daniel lives through the whole thing from around 15 to around 85. Well, when we get to the verses in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and you shall love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Obviously, the point here is that they are to love him because of what he has done for them, who he is, and they are to love him with everything they have. And of course, we have the New Testament parallel to that in 1 John 4. We love God because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19. Yeah, 1 John 4, 10 and 19. Right, right. Yeah. We love him because he first loved us. And this is the basis of why the nation of Israel should love and obey what the Lord has revealed to them. We're going to have to wrap it up here for today, but let me make a quick comment and we'll keep going through this in the next one. It's interesting how the Jewish people in the time of Christ, how they had perverted this truth. By the time of Christ, they held the view that the way a person got into the coming kingdom was by being a faithful Jew. They kept asking Jesus, remember, what are the greatest commandments? And he would say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. They had elevated this passage not to this is how we please God, which is what... And receive the blessings, right? Yes, that's what Jesus was saying. But they were understanding this. No, no, you need to do that in order to keep your salvation or in order to get it into the kingdom. Make it into the kingdom, right? And so their view is that the 
scoundrels, the tax collectors, the harlots, the big sinners, they wouldn't make it, but the faithful would make it. And so they weren't asking Jesus what were the greatest commandments because they wanted to know how to please God in sanctification. They were wanting to know, how do I get justified before God, right? Salvation through the law. Yeah. Right. It was sad. It was very sad. They perverted this. Well, thank you for uh, joining us, and tomorrow we'll continue in Deuteronomy 6. Thank you both for that informative discussion. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of Scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. You'll be glad you did. God loves a cheerful giver, and that's why we think our financial partners are some of the happiest people in the world. If you would like to learn how to become a financial partner with Grace and Focus, we would very much appreciate it. Learn more at faithalone.org. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next Grace and Focus, we will continue with Deuteronomy 6, verses 3 through 9, the Shema. More discussion of this same passage we looked at today. We hope to see you then. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.